This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 81, Why They're Wrong About Annuities and Eight Ways Annuities Pay. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious. Be stable. Be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast. I'm Mark Willis, your co-host, and with me in the studio today is Holly Bach. Welcome, Holly. Thank you. Hello, everyone. So we're jumping into part two of a series we're doing on annuities. Uh, So uh, for those of you still listening after hearing that sentence, uh, we're ready to jump (laughs) right in. Even the Market Watch magazine, online magazine, recently published an article. Title of it was "Why Annuities Are Bad for Almost Everyone." <laughs> so, in fact, what I did in preparation for this episode, I just typed into Google "Annuities Are Bad" just to see what would come up. And then, for fun, I also typed in "Puppies Are Bad." I typed in like <laughs> "Ice Cream Is Bad." Yeah, you, know, you could about find anything out there on the internet uh, and why folks think something is just terrible. But anyway, uh, the rationale that Market Watch gave was one: huge commissions, huge commissions, massive commissions to pay to the agent when you get this annuity. Uh, infinitely long surrender charges. And of course, if you died too soon, the insurance company, that greedy insurance company would keep all of your annuity cash, leave you with nothing, right? So those were the uh, claims that MarketWatch made. So let's first uh, make sure that we address some of those misperceptions that are out there, both what MarketWatch brought up and what's just sort of commonly perceived out there in the marketplace. Holly, what did you find? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I I guess, first of all, we just want to make sure that people understand that fixed index annuities are insurance products. Okay, they're insurance products at the end of the day. That is kind of the the umbrella that they follow fall under. So they're not investment prod- products. Um, they should not be seen as something that would necessarily always keep up with the market. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. not to be viewed that way or as an investment itself. Um, although that doesn't mean that it doesn't have the potential to perform similar to the market. Right, and and you're specifically referring to a particular kind of annuity. If you want to hear more about all the various types that are out there, go back and listen to our previous episode. Uh, But fixed indexed annuities uh, were created in 1996. So that's a relatively short period of time uh, for annuities, uh, that is. Uh, Even so, that is enough time for us to sort of see how well they've done over the, you know, the terrifying early years of the 2000s and through the booming decade that we've had since 2011. So it's a nice uh, blend of bad and good years, you might say, to look at how it's performed. And even so, as with any new ideas, there are a lot of misunderstandings out there and misperceptions in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So let's let's just take a look at four of them first. And uh, Holly, so what is the first misperception of uh, annuities? Yes. So misperception number one is that fixed index annuities are too complex to understand. So they're just way too confusing. Don't even try. They're going to throw all this jargon at you. And if you can't understand it, you probably shouldn't own it. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the reality of of anything, I guess, of owning a fixed index annuity does involve learning some basic vocabulary. Uh, so, you know, it's earn, interest earnings and calculations on how that interest is applied to your account. I guess uh, we all had to learn words at one point, words like savings account, words like bank deposit, words like rental real estate or words like mutual fund. At some point, that was a new vocabulary word for each of us. Uh, 401k was something that, you know, at some point was taught to you. 
this is just taking on a new set of vocabulary. And if it helps me get wealthy or helps you get wealthy, then that's awesome. That's the point. You mm -hmm. know, the more you can learn, the more you can grow. It's like those old uh, commercials, you know, the more you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so putting that in perspective helps us, I hope, those of us listening to these kind of shows that want to make yourself uh, educated uh, can get you to the wealth that you're looking for. So it really is very simple. Uh, when you really boil it all down, fixed index annuities offer you the chance, the ability to grow your money based on changes of the external stock market index uh, while offering you uh, some protection from losing your money when that index drops. That's all it is. That's just a chance to grow your money watching an index without actually investing in that stock index. Now, I know uh, that there are times when you directly invest in the market, um, you know, and that's okay, and that's a part of your portfolio, but when you have an, a fixed indexed annuity, you're not actually investing in stocks, bonds, index funds, or other investments. When you get a fixed indexed annuity, it's an insurance company contract, and they're going to provide you a guaranteed minimum value uh, on your money. They're going to give you a guaranteed minimum interest rate on that money as well. That's really all it is. Mm -hmm. And as with other fixed annuity products, fixed indexed annuities offer additional benefits, including tax deferral, a minimum guaranteed value, death benefit, the option for guaranteed lifetime income. I mean, there's just all these additional benefits that kind of come on top of it. Um, the insurance company, they do want you to understand what you've purchased. I mean, that's going to keep you loyal to them, right? I mean, if you understand their product, then you're probably going to be more likely yeah. to hang on to it. And this is a long-term vehicle, which we'll talk about more um, in this episode and the coming episodes. So really, it is in your best interest to understand the product well enough mm -hmm. to be able to stick with it over mm -hmm. the long run. So they regularly send out resources and educational material to help make sure people are making educated financial decisions, um, You know, not only with their product, but making sure the annuity is the best fit for you in the first place, too. So um, that's misperception number one, that they're just too complex to understand. Uh, number two is that fixed index annuities have high fees. They're so expensive. Yeah. They're just so expensive. You should never have an yeah. annuity. Yeah, it just drags down the yield and just, um, just pummels your cash. So the reality is, like many financial products, fixed index annuities do have fees. I mean, they are not doing this for charity. The insurance company uses those fees to help support the guaranteed return, and the other benefits that, Holly, you just mentioned. I mean, tax deferral, death benefit, options for guaranteed lifetime income. Those are incredible uh, claims that the insurance company is taking on. That's a risk to them, right? So they do have to come up with some sort of fee to cover that. Mm -hmm. But, are, I mean, are they re reasonable fees? Yeah. I mean, something you have to keep in mind is that usually these fees, because they're there, they exist. We're not hiding that or sugarcoating it. There are fees. But usually these fees only apply if you surrender your annuity in the first what few years. What does surrender years. mean? So surrender is essentially just canceling, you know, just Cashing calling out. up the insurance company saying, hey, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> then they're like, okay, so you would like to surrender. You're like, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's really all the more that it is. Um, there are these things that are called surrender charges, you know, corresponding to surrendering it. So let's, you know, break that down. If you surrender your policy, you pay surrender charges. Well, how much is that charge? Well, it's all dependent upon the year in which you surrender or cancel your contract. So typically these surrender charges are based on a decreasing schedule. So let's just say there's a 10-year 
surrender charge, period, well, then it's probably going to start, you know, this isn't every annuity. All of them are a little bit different and they do it differently. But this is just kind of an example of of a common structure um, where it would start at 10% in the first year. Then it would go down to 9%, then 8%, and then it would go all the way down to 0% though after 10 years. So how much are you paying in a surrender charge? Well, depends on the year you surrender. You surrender in year two, you're going to pay 9%. However, you surrender year 10 or anything past that, and there's actually no surrender charge. And just to be clear, if I had $100,000 in this annuity and I cashed it out at the end of year one, I'd pay not out of my pocket, but I would let the account value would drop and I'd get a check in the mail for 100,000 minus 10%, which is 90,000 bucks. That's what I get a check in the mail. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that right? Yeah, okay. yeah. So again, and this is why, you know, just what I mentioned previous, you don't want to get an annuity like this for just a year or two only. Right. You know, this is meant to, again, this is meant to be a long-term financial strategy that provides incredible growth potential as well as guaranteed lifetime income. So if you need your money, 100% liquid to spend right now, you know, you might be better off using more of like a bank on yourself type policy like we've talked about in our other episodes, or just put it into a savings account. Um, so we'll talk more about how bank on yourself fits in with fin- fixed index annuities in our next episode. Yeah. Um, but just keep in mind, this is a long-term vehicle. And if you see it that way and you treat it that way, actually kind of these high fees and these crazy charges kind of evaporate mm-hmm. because you would have yeah. you know, potentially been keeping it over your whole lifetime and then you're not charged anything. So over a 10-year period, if I had 100 grand that I put into an annuity and over 10 years I left it there and it grew to say $150,000 and then I cashed it out or rolled it over to an, another, another IRA or something, I'd have my 150000 right? Exactly. So yeah. what was your fee? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what nothing. was your fee in that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Well, we'll talk and we'll talk about taxes due on gains with annuities later, but there is no fee if you don't surrender the policy, uh, the annuity. Okay. What about commissions though? I mean, when I think about the, just the people who are rolling in the dough on Wall Street, all, the only people that come to mind are annuity salesmen, right? I mean, those are just the guys that are just <laughs> flying their private jets out into outer space. No, annuities, on, um, annuities do have commissions and they are around 6% or so of your premium, the contribution you make to the annuity in the first year with really no ongoing commissions in following years. So let's compare that to an IRA or 401k that holds mutual funds over that 30-year period, let's say. Again, we want to use annuities for long-term strategies. So most IRAs holding mutual funds have a load cost, total load cost, somewhere north of 1% a year, every single year. So, you know, is it, I mean, is it really the cheapest way to invest through mutual funds? Are we going to pay fewer commissions to the mutual fund investment advisor or to the annuity guy or gal? Uh, It doesn't take a math genius to figure out that a a 1% mutual fund uh, fee is less than 6% paid to the agent who gave you the annuity in the first year. 6% Mm -hmm. is more than 1%, right? However, there are two things to consider. One, with the mutual funds, those fees are being paid by you out of your account value. So that's going to be dinging your net worth and keeping a drag on your investment returns and keeping you from getting real compound growth working in your favor. Yeah. Whereas on the other hand, 6% commission on the annuity is paid to the agent by the insurance company, not by you or your annuity's account value. So you do not write a check to the insurance agent and it's not represented in your account value either. It's not like you deposit that $100,000 and you would see 6% 
gone, poof, you know, vanished. Not at all. You'll still be able to see that. So you put 400000 into an annuity, you'd have 400000 available in your account value the next day on your annuity. Um, and we see this all the time with our clients. So that 6% that's being paid is coming from the insurance company. The agent's right. going to get that and you're still going to get your money. So how does the insurance company do that? I mean, how can they afford to pay the financial planner or the insurance agent that gave you the annuity uh, this 6% uh, commission if it's not coming out of your cash value, out of your account value and your annuity. Well, back to what, Holly, you were just talking about, the surrender charge is where it comes from. If you were to surrender that annuity in the first year, you would have lost money in the deal. As you mentioned, Holly, somewhere around 10% uh, surrender charge if you cancel the annuity in the first year, which, again, it decreases as the years go on. So 6% of that would basically be the agent's commission. 4% would be to the insurance company to continue operating their business. So it's really important to remember that with an annuity, uh, it's there for the long-term financial plan. Don't open an annuity with the intent to cash it out in the first few years. If you don't surrender that annuity, the surrender charge, as you said, Holly, goes away. So as you said, how much does it really cost? You know, well, nothing. If you keep that annuity going for at least several years, and the longer you keep it, the more benefit it yields for you. Mm -hmm. So just to give us and our listeners, an example of this, uh, we ran an example of an investment fund. For example, let's say an IRA or a 401k or a brokerage account. And let's say that investment account was doing 4% rate of return over 30 years. I mean, we're looking at kind of the Dalbar study report here. So go back to previous episodes, including episode number one, to learn more about that. We're also going to assume a 1% assets under management fee each year. Uh, so that's according to the Department of Labor study where the average fee is 1.9%. So we're really giving the investment account the best chance it can get. So if you put $400,000 into some sort of investment vehicle like a brokerage account or an IRA, you'd pay a commission to the investment advisor totaling more than $180,000 over 30 years. That's mm. crazy. Yep. By contrast, if you put $400,000 into an annuity, you'd pay $24,000 in the first year. That's 6% of 400000 And then no more commissions paid um, to the advisor for the rest of your life. That's $24,000 paid by the insurance company or $180,000 paid by you. Which of those seems fair? Which of those would you rather pay? And which one has the crazy commission here? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I get it. it. It's easy to kind of, you know, just call it out saying 6%, you know, like I'm only going to charge you one. You really don't want to be paying that 6% with the um, annuity company. So it's like easy on like a first year basis. And actually it's very comparable even to whole life insurance. Like the first year commission, they look at it and they're like, oh, wow, this is so high. And, you know, so it's like they're they're using this argument of just what the first year looks like and just no perspective. It's very short-sighted. Yeah, like no perspective for what it's going to be over the long haul. And you do it with whole life insurance, you do it with annuities. Over yeah. the long haul, the commissions are actually so much smaller. I mean, we're talking 24000 versus 180000 yeah. I mean, that's a multiple. Like, yep. like that. that's just, and they're saying that the insurance agents are, are out for all your money. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not the ones with the yachts. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I saw the the Wolf of Wall Street and it was not a guy selling annuities, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, so um, misperception number three, fixed index annuities tie up your money. They tie up your money for years. You can't get your money out. Holly, what do you say to that? Yes, so as we talked about previously, it's true, you don't want to see this as a temporary place to park your money only for a year or two because of those surrender charges. These are long-term financial 
financial products built to benefit your entire life, kind of like whole life insurance. So, I mean, these are things you want to at least go into it with the intention of, hey, I plan on holding on to this. Granted, we understand life happens and sometimes that's not always going to be possible. So don't think that you're like, strapping yourself into this thing and there's no way out. There there are, but that should at least be your intention going into it and then we'll deal with the blows of life as they come. Mm-hmm. Um, so the longer you keep the contract, the more you benefit. Um, even so, the reality is many of today's fixed index annuities you know, have those surrender periods of 10 years or sometimes less. Some are even as short as six years. It just depends on the product. Um, so even in the first few years, many annuities give you access to at least a portion of your money. Um, most typical we see is about 10%. So after the first year with no surrender charges or other contract penalties, you'd be able to access um, 10% of you know whatever your, your contribution was. So um, that's you know penalty-free withdrawals, nursing home provisions. There's um, kind of this full accumulation value that'd be paid to your beneficiaries at your death. I mean, all these different features that are giving you access to your money if you need it are now available. And we're going to talk more about eight ways they pay here in just a few moments. But you've just brought up a few very important ones there, Holly. Very good. So it's important to note that while people uh, who are unable to get get life insurance, when they are super pumped and excited about bank-on-yourself policies, they, they realize then that annuities can solve similar problems, like leaving a legacy to your family uh, or uh, taking care of yourself and your expenses if you should need nursing home care. Annuities don't require medical underwriting, so you could be you know, um, uh, totally uninsurable for life insurance and still put lots of cash into an annuity to provide some of these benefits. So Mm -hmm. misperception number four, uh, many people believe that fixed index annuity values have to be, have to be annuitized. Okay. So that just means what, Holly, what what is that misperception? What's the truth about it? Yeah. So many people are concerned because they're told to be concerned about this, um, about, you know, maybe handing over such a large chunk of money, because oftentimes it does take like a, you know, kind of a lump sum to get started with an annuity, uh, about taking that, you know, maybe it's their, you know, life savings. And so they're saying, you know, just like put it in with this insurance company and exchange, you're going to get this income stream that you very well could die the next day and you never really see, yeah, never really see like a benefit from it. Maybe you got a couple payments and that was it. Well, you know, think of it this way. Many people are worried that if they had $500,000 with the annuity company and then turn it into an income stream of 35000 a year, then let's just say you die for the first year, that they'd be leaving their family without any of that money. So your $500,000 gone, all you ever got from it was $35,000. Um, but that's kind of the, the misperception that's not actually the reality. So what is the reality? Yeah, the reality is most of these fixed index annuities offer multiple ways to access your cash savings without annu- annuitizing it. Boy, that's a fun tongue twister there. Uh, most products we've seen out in the marketplace allow for complete lump sum access after the surrender charge period. So you can get grab all your cash out if you needed to without surrender charges. Uh, many annuities give you a guaranteed income withdrawal amount uh, or using an income writer to help you have a lifetime income, which we'll get into later. So we've got one more misperception that we just got to squash right up front. Yes. So uh, finally, misperception number five is that if you died, the insurance company keeps all of your money. Um, so the reality is fixed index annuities let you choose a beneficiary. So I'm not sure how they could just 
keep all your money since it's going to your beneficiary. So when you sign up for or you're filling out an application for an annuity product, you know, just like Whole Life, they're going to say, who's your beneficiary? Um, And so you're going to list them and their information. Um, So the beneficiaries are entitled to receive your contract's death benefit if you die before you start taking annuity payments or even if the annuity payments have been initiated, um, they would be receiving any remaining guaranteed payments on your annuity. So if you choose to receive income with an income rider as well, um, if you went that route, then they would still receive the death benefit if you pass away too soon. So there are a lot of different ways your family um, could still get money and could still get value out of this contract, even if you mm-hmm. would you know, pass away unexpectedly. So I guess the point is that with the volatility of the financial markets in recent years, combined with pensions going away, you know, really Americans do have a greater responsibility to prepare for their own future. Yeah, it's so true. I I meet people who just tell me all the time they wish they had a pension at their job. They wish they could have what their grandparents or parents had. This Mm -hmm. is the way to do that. It's a Mm -hmm. privatized pension. Now, don't put all your pennies into this. This should not be where all your last cash dollars go, mm-hmm. but it's a, a great place to put a portion of your money to make sure you've got that guaranteed floor of income in retirement. So many people see annuities as this big blunt instrument, just converting all your option to, into nothing more than a paycheck. Now, let's think about that for a minute. That would be pretty cool since mm-hmm. paychecks are pretty hard to come by when you can't work anymore, uh, i.e. retirement, right? But even so, there are more than just a paycheck on the other side of the annuity. Um, so let's talk about that. There are eight ways that we can uh, that we conceive that we can see annuities pay us. So let's let's talk about each one. Number one is withdrawals. What about that one, Holly? Yes. So we did hit on this a little bit earlier in the episode, but there are these things called withdrawals that you can take from your annuity. So you can access your contract value anytime even in the beginning of your contract. So even if you are still in that first year, you might be thinking, oh, I'm in my surrender charge period. I can't take any money. I can't access any money for 10 years. Well, that's not actually the case if you access it through withdrawals. If you did a true surrender and took everything, then yes, you're looking at that surrender charge. But the annuity companies have actually come up with ways that are trying to help people keep their contracts, right? Like they're not in, it's not in their best interest and it's certainly not in your best interest for people to have to like flee at the first sign of trouble out of their contracts. Um, you know, the annuity company wants you to hold on to it for your entire life um, as you intended. So they came up with these withdrawals that you can take. So typically they'll allow you to access about 10% of the contract value as a withdrawal without any charges. So you can kind of weather some of those storms without having to just like, you know, cancel the whole thing. So um, a lot of people just don't realize that you can still access the money in more modern annuities as a withdrawal while you wait to turn on your income for life. Awesome. So yeah, again, if you've got $100,000 in your annuity, even in year one or at the end of year one, you could grab 10 grand if you really needed it. Um, Not the best strategy though, right? That's why we complement this with other liquid uh, financial vehicles like bank on yourself policies, for type policies, for example. Uh, The second way we can get annuities to pay you is to convert them into an annuity stream of income. So that is the blunt instrument that we talked about earlier. You're getting rid of all the cash liquidity and just handing over a big pile of money to the insurance company and they will send you the largest annual income possible for your dollar. So if all you care about is the biggest, fattest paycheck, then that would be the path for you. Now, some people decide to do this with some of their cash while keeping in mind to keep some other money aside for emergencies and opportunities and that sort of thing. It does not have to be either or. It can be both and. 
Some of our clients decide to do this even with one or two of their bank on yourself type policies while keeping other policies available, liquid uh, and available cash for them as they go through their retirement. So that's important to realize, I suppose. We've never really talked about this before, but you can transfer a bank on yourself policy into an annuity and generate one of these income streams uh, as a part of your overall portfolio. Now, the third way to get annuities to pay is through payout options. What is that talking about, Holly? Yes. So immediate annuities offer payouts for specific amounts for specific periods of time, um, plus increasing payout options to help you keep up with inflation over time. Those are all options that are available to you. A lot of people don't realize that you can use annuities to pay for um, even you know future college tuition over a yeah. four or six year period. It doesn't have to be um, just for your own retirement. You know, So they can pay out for something like, oh, okay, we're going to pay out over five years, not I want this to last for my life, or it can pay out for 10 years, whatever that may be. Um, we have clients who are nearing retirement and believe taxes will go up and the market will go down over the next six to seven years. So, I mean, and really, if that's the case, those, these are their last six to seven years before retirement. This is a time when they can least afford either of these realities wow. of taxes yeah. going up or um, their you know assets going down. So they don't want to pay all their taxes right away, but they want to move it systematically into uh, bank on yourself type plans. Well, there's actually a way that you can do this through annuities. So we can actually move funds from, let's say, a 401k or an IRA. Um, we can put it into an immediate annuity. That immediate annuity will start paying immediate kind of systematic payments out of that pool, and that can be the premium that's funding your whole life insurance policy each year. Um, so you can you know do it over let's say eight years to spread out the tax burden for you. Let those funds go right into life insurance policy, and then let that grow tax free under current tax law um, for the rest of their life. And if the market's tanked during those years, the single premium immediate annuity is not tied to the market. So their funds and their whole plan you know, for mm-hmm. their retirement and their future is all protected. That's such a cool strategy. I think folks ought to listen to that again, Holly, because there's so many cool opportunities for folks. And we've helped a lot of folks do that. It's a rolling out of mm-hmm. your 401k into a, a, a tax-free uh, uh, cash value in a life insurance policy. So that's phenomenal. It does so many things really well. Okay, so number four, we got to keep rolling here. Substantially periodic payments. Most people don't know that you can uh, take money out of uh, an account uh, as an annuity uh, for five years or to age 59 and a half, whichever is longer, and you won't be subject to the 10% IRS penalty. If you take it out of a 401k or IRA, for example, and you're too young, they'll slap you with the 10% penalty. One way to get around that is by annuitizing it for uh, f- for five years or to age your age, 59 and a half, whichever is longer. So that's literally taking your 401k and annuitizing it to give you a paycheck up until age 59 and a half. Uh, so that's, you know, I guess you could probably see this best if you imagine yourself as a 50-year-old and you need to help maybe get your kids through college, but maybe you haven't saved enough. Uh, the college still seems to think, for some odd reason, that even factoring in college scholarships and more, your child still needs to come up with, like, let's say $20,000 a year for their tuition. Youch! Let's say that you just don't have it, and your kid isn't willing to sell all his video games to cover the cost of college. So, you know, maybe you and your child sit down and look at Parent PLUS loans, which are going to charge you 8% interest, which is the current rate as of 2019. So that doesn't look great. What are your options? The only other place you have anything saved is your 401k, but you're younger than 59 and a half. 
Uh, so that would mean getting slapped with that 10% penalty. So what could you do? Well, maybe you meet with us and we ran a 72T calculation, uh, which we can talk more about uh, if you meet with us. And we found that if you converted your market volatile 401k to an IRA holding an annuity, um, maybe we could get that money out safely. So would that help? Yeah, I think so on several counts. By moving your money out of the stock market and into a fixed index annuity, we're able to help pay for your kid's college without worrying about stock market volatility. It gives you a guaranteed rate of return. In addition, you now can get the $20,000 a year that you need to fund your kid's college for four years. And you can avoid getting your kids and yourself a parent plus loan charging you 8% interest. Uh, and in addition, you avoid the 10% early withdrawal penalty since, they're, since you are younger than 59 and a half years old. That's an overall 18% swing on your favor. That's the 10% early withdrawal penalty, 8% the parent, to the parent plus loan. So that's mm -hmm. an 18% return on your cash just by making this decision. I mm -hmm. mean, what could the stock market do there? Could they do that? Well, maybe in one year, maybe the stock market could be up 18%, but could it, could it be up consistently for four years? Yeah. I don't think so. So, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, added bonus, you keep getting that $20,000 a year after your child is out of college, all the way up to your age, 59 and a half. So uh, what's one of my favorites? Uh, what about number five, combination plans? What are we talking about there as a way to get annuities to pay for, for us? Yeah. So just like you wouldn't want all the world's water to run through one muddy river, having multiple streams of income from several annuities would also be a safer and more dynamic system. Um, you definitely have to find the right balance. You certainly don't want 35 annuity contracts kind of filling up your filing cabinet. Uh, be hard to keep up with all those different policies and which one's paying how much. And I mean, it would get out of control really quickly. But if you, you know, add two or even three annuities, to, you know, you had them to do different jobs for you, uh, you could make your income a lot more resilient. So, for example, you know, pair two annuities together. Uh, you could use one to generate immediate income while maybe the other is pursuing kind of like maximum accumulation and you want to turn that one on later and that's going to be like your heavy hitter. Yeah. Um, so maybe, you know, the first annuities for your, you know, kind of pre-retirement years, not making quite as much, and then you can hold on to that other one, let it accumulate as much as possible, generate a larger income for you for when you full on. Isn't this, I mean, what we're hopefully showing you, our listeners, that is that we have incredible options available when you use annuities in your financial plan. It's mm -hmm. not taking away options. It's giving you multiple options and multiple exit strategies and exit lanes and on-ramps. I just love it. Um, okay. So number six, required minimum distributions. Uh, so RMDs, as they're called. These are programs that pay, that force the IRA owners and 401k owners to cough up money every year to start paying taxes once you turn 70 and a half years old. Many people who have 401ks and IRAs don't even realize that there's that hidden penalty on the other side of retirement. Uh, most people do know about the early withdrawal penalty of 10% before you're 59 and a half years old, but very few people I talk to understand that there's this massive 50% penalty on cash you should have taken out of your 401k, uh, but didn't uh, if you're 70 and a half years old. That's uh, the way the, the rules are written uh, for 401ks and IRAs. Uh, I mean, 50% is a penalty I don't want to pay. Mm -hmm. So what can we do? Well, an annuity can help you here. If I have my IRA hold an annuity and I turn that income on and it satisfies the required minimum distribution amount uh, each year, I'm going to be uh, sleeping better at night knowing that I'm generating an income and I'm meeting the government requirements 
for getting my cash out of my taxable 401k or IRA. So make sure no penalties are paid. And of course, I've got the added benefit of that cash in my mailbox every month. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then seventh here is death benefit. So distributions upon death provide payout and they can extend tax deferral benefits for the beneficiaries themselves. So this one is a little bit of a surprise for a lot of people. Again, the mainstream people want to tell you that when you die, poof, everything's gone and you know everything was eradicated and no further dollars are ever paid out from it but um another thing also you know people hear death benefit and they normally think life insurance not annuities um but you can leave an accumulated gift to your family or your favorite charity from an annuity as well it's the exact same concept so it can be a helpful source of legacy funds if you're uninsurable for life insurance like we talked about um, I mean, really, why should being uninsurable stop you from leaving your family a gift mm. and being able to leave that legacy? Um, annuities can typically be paid to your family as a lump sum right away. It can be paid over a period of five years and they'll get a little bit more. Um, or they, it can be paid out over their their lifetime. So it can become not an income stream for you, but if you pass away, it can then become a lifetime income income stream yeah. for um, your beneficiary. I know, I know a client who set up an annuity where once he passes away, it starts the income to his kids and he wants it to be sort of like enough money, not a lot, but enough money to send his kids out to eat on on grandpa, you know, once a, once a month. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool. Absolutely. And we have clients who have adult children who are disabled and the parents would like to ensure that the child has a regular income that will cover, you know, their care and expenses after mom and dad are gone. So leaving an annuity to pay out over the child's lifetime will bring peace of mind to those parents as well as that lifetime income for their disabled child. So no need for a complicated trust, although, of course, you know, trusts are certainly a good addition to best ensure that other instructions are, are taken care of. But, I mean, you can really take care of them financially um, just with one product, with the annuity. Awesome. That's such a good one. I love it. I love seeing the stories of how that impacts people's lives. Um, so number eight and the final way that annuities pay, they can double your income, double your income in certain circumstances. So if you're confined let's say in your final years in a nursing home, some annuities will double your income. That's right, double your income that you're receiving uh, during the time period that you are in the nursing home. So a lot of baby boomers are you know, watching their parents get older and those parents are in their 70s or even 80s, many of whom are no longer insurable uh, for age or health reasons. But the adult children, the boomers in their 50s are starting to really get concerned about the parents' health and age and finding a way to cover the costs of dad's or mom's long-term care. So by putting the money into an annuity that gives you the ability to get some income for the boomer, their own retirement, or for the aging parent if mom and dad need to be you know, confined to a qualified nursing home, those annuity paychecks double to help cover those nursing home costs as well. That's awesome. So, I mean, Holly, you and I have talked about how the average nursing home stay can be 7000 bucks a month or more, So usually that aging parent needs nursing home costs when the retired children, okay, so now the boomers are now retired and they can least afford to come up with that cash. Mm -hmm. So when the retired boomer children are themselves on a fixed income in their retirement, let's say from Social Security or 401k, you know, it's really hard uh, to convince the nursing home uh, that uh, they're going to just give that room away to the parent for free. Uh, No, the... um, nursing home still needs to get paid. So Mm -hmm. the specially designed annuity 
would provide that automatic boost of income to help cover those expenses and take care of your aging parents in a graceful way, as well as helping you, the retired boomer children, uh, from having to cut back on your own retirement, groceries, or other elements, right? It's supposed to be our golden years. Yep. So, yep, exactly. So much good stuff. Uh, we have, as we wrap up here, uh, Holly, I think, um, I mean, we've obviously shared a ton of great content here. Do you have any final thoughts before we jump into our five-star review? Yeah, I'd say we're not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> we have more um, annuity uh, episodes here coming, so stay tuned, and we're happy to ha- uh, share even more, hopefully, fun and new information with you guys. So good. Well, would you mind reading us? Uh, we had a five-star review that came through on iTunes, and we wanted to give them a, a shout-out. This was Baker de 24 Yes. So uh, the subject of their review was, in a world of shiny objects, dot, dot, dot. Um, so their review was, Mark, Holly, and Katrina have become part of my daily commute back and forth to work, and I can't begin to tell you the amount of valuable information I have learned. We scheduled a call with Mark, and he's the real deal. He made my wife and I very comfortable about talking through our finances on an open book basis. We are very excited to hear our personal report Mark will be sharing with us tomorrow. Holly, Katrina, and Mark are trying to educate our population of financial misfits when they could easily go down the the route of a mutual fund financial advisor and make a ton of money on us. I look forward to the episodes every week, and this podcast has brought light to something in my life that was dark and gloom. I want to say thank you, Derek and Amy. Oh, that's super nice of them. Very cool. Yeah, great. so definitely appreciate your guys' review. Fantastic. Um, if any of the rest of you have found any value in our episodes and being a listener, feel free to uh, leave us a review as well. Um, but other than that, just want to say thank you for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.